Casey, and we're married to geeks. Cause Sandy will be in the chat room on the Agassi. Out at the con, start the costumes for you and me. Down in the dungeon, roleplay TNT, and baby, a top nerdy to me. Welcome to Married to Geeks, a podcast about being married to early adopters. Well, how's it going? Fine. Nothing really going on. I'm the proud owner of boy tap shoes. Oh, yeah? (laughs) So what happened? I am indeed. Well, as some of you know, Vinny is taking a dance class, and the tap portion starts as for the rest of the summer is tap. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to buy him anything. He's been using his socks for ballet, and that's been fine. But the girls have not been as inclusive as I would have liked, because he's the only boy in the class. So, anyway, the tap starts today, so I was frantically running around this morning trying to find tap shoes. So I found, like, the one store in Northern Virginia that does boy tap shoes, and thank God they were open. And they had the right size and everything. They had the right size and everything, and Finny's very excited. Now, he's already, like, scraped up my leg with them. You remember, you know, the tap shoes, they have, like, that real, this tap part is kind of sharp. And he's already, like, tried to climb on me with them and scratched up my leg. Um, so how much did these bad boys cost? Twenty six fifty. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, not as bad as I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, you figure you paid 50 bucks for tennis shoes, so that's not bad. Yeah, and Dan goes, you couldn't find them hand-me-down or something? It's like, man, are you kidding? From who? I know. There's only one store that sells these suckers. What makes him think that there's, like, you know, multiple kids using them? Right. Some consignment store that's going to have one pair that happens to be the right size that fits. Yeah. He goes, well, did you even try? And I said, well, I called the consignment shop down the street, and they were closed today. And he goes, I really hope the count is trying. Yeah. <laughs> Vinny's really excited. But he's never had leather shoes before, and he put them on for about five minutes. And he was like, oh, I need to take them off. It's like, no, man, you got to break them in. Oh. So I hope he's not, like, in pain, but anyway, so I own tap shoes, and he's excited. I think Dan has mixed feelings about the dance class. Yeah, you think? Dan's a little all-man. <laughs> he he is, but he said he was all in favor of Vinny trying to learn stuff that would help him with rhythm, because Dan is not so good with rhythm. Oh, see, <laughs> so then that makes sense. Yeah, so he was all for that, but there's some smirking going on around <laughs> with Paul and stuff. But anyway, he's excited, so we get to go try those out later on. Well, that's cool. And I finished Harry Potter. Okay, so... No spoilers. No spoilers? You can't spoil it. Well, then why have we saved this for the podcast? Because I'm outing you in front of everyone that you read one page of Harry Potter, and the one page of, like, the 2,500 that was written that you read was the last page of the last book. See? I just know, like, that's all it was worth reading. <laughs> it's, like, totally wrong. I can't believe you did that. Why? Who cares? Because! You're not allowed to just jump in at the end? Ugh. <laughs> oh. I read maybe half the book yesterday. That's crazy. Yeah, once you hit beginning of the end of the book, you had to, like, do it. Well, Dan's funny. He's been, he's probably almost halfway through it now. What? He's not done? I thought I was the last person in the world to finish. Well, and it's funny because at night, he's been reading it, but he nags me if we're watching TV or whatever, and I'm on the computer. He's like, get off the computer. So I'm like, uh, close the book. So he's been, like, <laughs> rolling over on his side and sneaking the book so that I don't see that he's reading it. <laughs> 
Paul and Dan were both finished, and they, like, wouldn't talk to me. And they kept walking past me going, so, how's it going? <laughs> Just leave me alone. Dan was complaining in the beginning. He's like, this is, like, the fourth time Hermione has had tears in her eyes. She's such a little whiner. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione is not a whiner. <laughs> That's Whatever. Anyway, that was very sad. You know, it's the end of the Harry Potters. But I didn't cry. Usually I cry at the end of a really good book, but maybe because this book had been long. Like when I finished Les Mis, I was on the metro on the way home from work. I fell apart. You are weird. Hey, that's a big book. That's like a 2,000-page book. So you cried because of your accomplishment or what? No, well, and because I was sad to see the characters go. Oh, you're an odd person. (laughs) But it's a little more epic in scope. You know, like Les Mis goes... 30 or 40 years of their lives so well plus that's more of a um a real story than harry potter it's just mythical and you're buying into the fact that it's just mythical yeah (laughs) harry potter's not reality based (laughs) so we saw this picture online of this car where they had taken that car paint that white car paint you can get where you say like just married or whatever yeah and they had they wrote all these harry potter spoilers on the window That is so mean. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Vinny would like to say hi to everybody. Okay. Okay, Vinny, say hi. You can say hi. Hi. <laughs> is that you going to go to dance class today? Yes. 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 You can tell Aunt Kelly, what did you get today? Um, top shoes. <laughs> How's Ramsey's tongue? A lot better. <laughs> Good. It's it's almost all the way solid. She's funny. She plays with it a lot, though. Ew! Gross! Yeah. She like that is so your kid. <laughs> when Kelly was a kid, she was like a classic. Like she was always fussing with something, like her fingernails, and it's still hair, <laughs> and <laughs> picking scabs. Gross! Picking scabs, like all that stuff. You were always doing that stuff. I've noticed recently. Part of this, I think, is because I've been reading. Um, the toddler books because I want to figure out the discipline thing. <laughs> Good luck with that. But they're all talking about, oh, at 18 months they should be doing this and blah, 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 and how many words they should be saying. So I'm all focusing on, are they hitting the milestones? And they really seem to be picking up words all of a sudden. Yeah, that's the way it was with Nick, like all of a sudden, whole mess of them. It's neat. Yeah, it, it's like, oh, they woke up. Now let's start trying words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what? I think Allegra might be doing that puck thing that Vinny did instead of saying cup same puck it took Vinny a really long time to fix that I remember like really long time right maybe even a year more than that really I think he was I he was over three before he got it straight because I've been saying cup cup and she's she doesn't have the cuh sound at all but she goes pa 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 <laughs> so it seems like she's going in the wrong direction <laughs> Eh, it's not in the wrong direction if you know what she wants. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a problem, though. And so then they say with the twins, first of all, that they'll pick up that stuff from each other. So they end up oh, getting, like, more speech problems. <gasps> and, and then also that <laughs> twin moms are less apt to correct those speech problems. And I say it's not just twin moms, but moms with more than one kid because you have less time. Mm. So you let those things slide. Yeah. And they never get corrected. I mean... Well, they get corrected eventually. Well, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> they work it out. Hey, Vinny can... The only... It's really sad. The only sound he really doesn't have that well is the V sound. Uh-huh. So whenever somebody's like, what's your name? He goes, Winnie. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> Vinny. 
Oh, they said too in the book that the kids should start referring to themselves by name. Like, Ramsey wants a cookie, but Ramsey will say that. Remember Vinny's do that forever? I thought that was cute. And that's why Elmo does it. Oh, interesting. Because Elmo is developmentally appropriate to the age of a two and a half or a three year old. So that's why he speaks that way. Very interesting. Uh huh. See? Sesame Street, you know, knows what they're doing. Like, if you read, they really, they've researched everything, and they have all this stuff on their website. It's, what is it, sesamestreet.org? They have all this information about that kind of stuff. Like, Big Bird's, like, six and a half, and Grover's five, and that's why they all have, like, different, you know, speech patterns and stuff, because they're all different ages. Big Bird's six and a half? Yeah. He's a pretty well-mature six-and-a-half-year-old. Six-and-a-half is pretty mature. Okay, we're talking about speech. We're not talking about height. I know he's nine feet tall. (laughs) He speaks really clearly. And big words and says complicated things. Like, he seems pretty advanced. I guess you're right. I mean, I guess kindergartners are pretty with it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hey, this was really funny. Two days ago, I guess, I was cleaning out the vacuum cleaner. I was cutting the hairs off the beater bar with the scissors, and so Nick started, like, running into me, which is clearly not good. Mm -hmm. So... Dan didn't want to get up, but he was, you know, stop it, stop it. So eventually Dan, like, stood up, but he hadn't said, you know, time out. So he stood up, and Nick, like, backed off. He, he went over to another part of the room and started playing with a toy. And so Dan, like, sat down. And Vinny was, like, mumbling under his breath. It's like, okay. So then Nick comes back, like, a minute later and starts it again. So Dan stands up, and he goes, okay, time out. And Nick, and Vinny goes, Vinny goes, yes, I knew that would happen. <laughs> And Dan and I were both, we just lost it. I mean, we couldn't, neither of us, because I have so felt that before. Like, <laughs> I remember when you used to get in trouble, it's like, yes. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they certainly want to make sure that it does happen. Because if it doesn't, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's more what I remember, when Becky wouldn't get in trouble for things that I got in trouble for. Yeah. Well, so that was that was pretty funny. And it was there was no hope. Like, we were both just lost. It. I mean, we've both gotten pretty good at, like, when Finney says something that we're not supposed to laugh at, at least turning our heads. But that was hopeless. Like, Dan just burst out laughing right in front of him. It's like, good one. I have to mention also, Frank was very traumatized listening to the last podcast because I referred to our TV as a DLP, and it's not. It's an LCV, and he was distressed that I didn't know that it was a LCV, <laughs> and that I repeated it over and over and over again. <laughs> so I apologize. Dad was telling me that he called the other day. So we went out, and Paul was watching the kids, and Dad called because... We host Dad's company's email and website and everything. So whenever we do any kind of a system switch around, it affects Dad's work email. So he called because we got a new laptop, and he needed to set up his new laptop with the Exchange server. So he called, and we weren't here because Paul was watching the kids, and Vinny answered the phone. So they had a nice chit-chat about Gramps' computer needed help or whatever. And then he said, can I talk to your dad? And Vinny goes, Vinny, you know, talks to somebody, and he says, well, tell me your parents aren't here. And it was Paul talking. But my dad just assumed it was Dan blowing him off. <laughs> I don't know if he told you that point. That yeah, part, he, he did. And, he's, he, he, and then he was like convincing Vinny, like, no, tell him I really need to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, 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 they're not here. And eventually dad got to talk to Paul and it was, in fact, you know, we were out. So, right. but dad was pretty sure Dan was blowing him off. Well, but so then he said, you didn't get the message from Paul. And then Vinny said the next morning that Graves is in trouble. Gramps was sick. Gramps was, was sick. sick? <laughs> yeah. 
or hurt. My grandpa was hurt. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because he had woken up with a bad dream, and I thought that that was what the bad dream was about. Mm. So I was what are you talking about? No, mommy, mommy, Gramps called. And I was like, what? I said, does Paul know? And he said, yeah, he talked to Paul. And I was like, what? So I got home and talked to Paul and Paul's like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. Yeah, that really didn't go well. That's funny. Well, and that's kind of sad too that if Vinny really thought that Gramps was hurt and that, you know, Paul wasn't doing anything about it and that nobody had done anything. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder what was really going through his head about that since 12 hours passed. (laughs) I do, too, because he was shook up because he called us while we were at, like, it was nine. We were finishing up dinner, and he's usually, you know, well asleep by then. Mm-hmm. And Paul called and said that Vinny was just bawling. And I talked to him, and he said, Mommy, I really want you, which is really out of character for him. I mean, he's really good about being left. He, he, he handles it well. That was after this phone call? And that was after he talked to Dad. So I wonder if it was, if that was what was going on, because he was really upset. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe he thought that Gramps was hurt and... I don't know. It's really, it's hard because I feel like he's old enough now that he really, he knows enough to really kind of get what's going on, but he totally makes the wrong jumps a lot. Right. And that's, it's kind of sad because it's, it's hard to like work him through that. And we have a few years where he can, you know, hear and understand a lot, but not be able to put it in context. Right. So that'll be fun. I guess that's the new, the new phase of parenting. That's what kindergarten's all about. Alright, so this week we decided we are going to talk about digital cameras because most people with children take a lot of pictures. Dan actually got his first digital camera before we got married. I want to say like maybe a year before we got married. So that would be like almost eight years ago Dan got his first digital camera. How many megapixels was it? Do you know? Three. And that was a beefed up camera at the time, right? Yes, and it was expensive. Mm-hmm. Which is why it happened before we got married. <laughs> but it did, it held out for a long, it was on Olympus, and actually it's still over there. We still have, why do we still have it here? Because I don't think it works anymore. It held out for a really long time, and then it, ours died for some reason. I don't remember what happened. Oh, yes, I do. It was on top of a speaker in the living room, and Vinny hit the speaker and it fell over. It had this, a zoom lens, and the zoom lens was out when it was on top of the speaker, and it fell and, like, broke the lens. Hey. Yeah. Well, but then one of Dan's buddies had the same camera, and he was getting rid of it. So since we already had all the plugs and SD cards and, you know, all that case and everything, we bought it off him for, like, I don't know, 40 bucks. Oh, that's cool. And we used that for another t- two or three years, and then we just got a new one about a year ago. So when did you get your first digital camera? Dan and I bought it together, and it was a Kodak, 3 megapixel, and I want to say we spent like 250 bucks on it at the time. It was it was not the best we could have gotten at the time, but it wasn't the worst either. It was somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And we got it maybe like the Christmas before we got married. So that was, what, 2002. We still have that one. It still works. You know, we keep it around. We might have pulled it out a couple times since we got the new one. We got the new one. It was technically for my birthday, so that was this past March. I think he got it like a month early, and he gave it to me right away. That's pretty typical. (laughs) 
I'm the same way, though. It, but he doesn't want to do that. Like, for his birthday presents, I'm always like, okay, you can open this one today, you can open this one tomorrow. And he's like, no, 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 I want to wait, I want to wait. He's I always wait. About his birthday, so well, because then you're sad on your birthday when there's nothing to open. Yeah. I would say that Dan, my Dan, was definitely an early adopter on the digital camera thing. Although this one we just got, we, I mean, it's good. I like it a lot, but it's definitely not top of the line. I feel like with the computers, they want to do the top of the line, but my Dan at least is a lot more. Like once the technology is established, he's actually more reasonable to, he, he will actually like hit a reasonable point. Well, and you got to really pick the camera, didn't you? That was more your purchase than his. Well, yeah, I had a heavy influence on it because I take more of the pictures. Right. I feel like you have a very typical mom camera. That's what I, I do. do. Don't you think? I think I do. Well, I mean, this is a good... So so there's like three different sizes of digital cameras. There's compact, there's standard, and there's an SLR, which is, you know, with the detachable lenses and all that. I have a compact camera, a Canon Elf. I forget what the model number is. It's five megapixels, and um, we got it about a year ago. It's very small. We have a case for it, so I, I mean, I carry it around in the diaper bag some. I worry about it getting hurt, but um, I carry it around in the diaper bag. Like, it can fit in my purse. I mean, it's really small. It takes really good pictures, and it, I mean, resolution, I've never had to blow it up to something that I didn't, wasn't happy about. And it's a point-and-shoot. I mean, it's got, you know, it's got all kinds of junk you can do with it with shutter speed and all that other stuff, but I have no idea how to do any of that at all. Oh, and it also can take movies, which we've used a couple times. I mean, they're really low-resolution movies, but they, but they, they work. Well, so how do you feel about that? Because we used to take movies on our old digital camera a little bit. I remember there was specifically one of Vinny that I absolutely loved because we were in the airport going to Florida to see Papa and Jainer, and we were doing that near far. <laughs> so we take the camera back and the camera, and he's really little. He's probably nine months or less old. But that's the only video that I ever took on there that I cared about or anything. Well, I think that's a habit thing. I mean, part of what helps is that the media has finally gotten to the point where we've got a one gig card on our camera and it can hold almost 800 still pictures. But it can hold, you know, it can still hold like 400 still pictures and like 15 or 20 minutes of video. Mm-hmm. Which, is, I mean, that's a lot. But if you're going to watch that video, it's just tiny, right? I mean, you can't really watch it on a TV screen. Yeah. I mean, you can, but it's really, it's fuzzy. Mm-hmm. I mean, but part of that might be we do have a compact camera. Like, it doesn't, there's not a lot of zoom capability there. It's funny, too, because I, I feel the same way about video cameras that I don't consider my video camera the camera I'm going to use to take still pictures. But you can do that, too, yeah. But I, I don't. I have the video camera for taking video and the still camera for taking still camera. Maybe by the next time we need a camera. I mean, really, I get the impression that digital cameras really hold up. I mean, pretty much, there's, like, no moving parts. So until you um, break it, <laughs> I, I I think they last a really long time. So maybe next go-around, we'll, uh, there'll be something fused together well enough that you can do both. We're not really a big video kind of family. Uh, you are, but we're not. So this actually serves our needs really well. You get all kinds of cute pictures when they're just doing goofy things in the playroom and running around out in the backyard and stuff. Well, it's funny, I was thinking about that. I think you and I are very different kinds of pe- picture people. I'm much more of the artistic picture than the um, candid photo picture. And I think you're much more candid photo. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I like the candids better. I, like, I, I want to set up all of my shots and... Oh, please. You know what I mean? That's why I go to JCPenney. <laughs> See, and that being said, I've only done that one time. See, I do that all the time. 
I just don't feel like I have any kind of skill when it comes to that kind of thing. So I drag them into JCPenney's. It's not that, I, you know, if you get the coupons and everything, it's $30 to get a whole mess of pictures and gives you something to do. Go to the mall, get the pictures done. See, I had such a bad experience that first time just because they made us wait forever and the girls were screaming and we had to come back a second time because the first pictures were just garbage and I'm reluctant to make that effort again, you know? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I want to, but I just can't ever get myself together to do it. (laughs) Well, and that being said, for Christmas, this year usually I get, like, you know, the picture taken and I send out, you know, like the portrait studio picture for Christmas. But this year... I did it here on the steps, you know, with, like, the garland behind him and everything. And I think that was probably my favorite Christmas picture in the card. I, I tried to get the dog, but that didn't work. <laughs> I think that they all have their place in the world. I like, there's there's something about the JCPenney or Sears pictures that you really can't duplicate at home. But, I don't know. Or picture people. Right. I think there's there's a use for them. Well, the photographer does bring some, you know, like they know how to make you stand and look and right, right angles and you know all that stuff, which I don't know. Well, this is good because this leads right into like the ma- how to choose what kind of camera you think you want to get. We cannot possibly get into all the specific cameras because there's like a gajillion. Mm-hmm. So we'll put some some links. There are a few good websites out there. There's one website I found called dpreview.com. I think they have a database that has every single digital camera ever produced in it. So we'll put links to those websites so you can find specific cameras that you're interested in. But really, I think the big thing you need to figure out is what you're going to be taking pictures of. You're going to be outside, you're going to be inside, are there going to be kids, are they going to be moving around, what kind of zoom do you need? Because if you want a compact camera that you want to carry around a lot, you are going to be giving up on that zoom capability. Versus Kelly's got that SLR, which takes fantastic pictures, but you're not throwing that in your diaper bag. So you can do that. You can do picture resolution. That's the megapixel number they're throwing at you. And we have a very good, I found a chart on the digitalcamerabuyingguide.com that sort of details how what kind of resolution you need to get a decent picture at what size. At the sizes. So, you know, like to get a good 8x10, you need at least a 5 megapixel camera. But honestly, right now you can get a 6 megapixel camera for like $120, $130. So really... I feel like the, the technology has reached the point now where the resolution is really becoming less of an issue. I mean, you can get a 10 megapixel camera pretty easily, but are you really going to have 16 by 20 picture you're going to need? Right. So anyway, that and, and the memory issue and the storage issue, which we can get into a little bit more. But anyway, those are like the big three. Okay, so what I have is the Canon EOS Digital Rebel XTI 400D camera. That's kind of like the favorite digital SLR camera out there. Whenever you go and look on Amazon reviews or you even, you, I googled this morning top digital SLR cameras and that comes up as everybody's favorite, the most recently purchased, etc. And the reason I wanted to get an SLR was mainly because when the girls were two months old, we had these professional photos taken of them where the woman came into our house and took photos of them in our basement and had all this lighting equipment, yada, yada, yada. And it was amazing because it was just like on our rug. It was, you know, nothing exciting. And then she went back to her office and digitally edited these photos, and it looked like we were in a studio. It was crazy. And the pictures were amazing. And one of the coolest things I liked was this one picture of the baby's feet. And then you could see their bodies behind the feet, but the bodies were completely blurred, and the feet were completely in focus. Yeah. And there's no way to do that with a point-and-shoot camera. But 
with the SLR, you can do that. I've definitely made the jump having the SLR. Now I can do more artistic things. I have a lot more control over what the image looks like, over the focus. And I was researching what to buy forever, probably for close to a year. I kept like going back and forth. Which one do I want? And what, what features do I want? And I don't really know enough about taking photographs to know. <laughs> and so I was just reading people's reviews and trying to get that stuff. And Dan bit the bullet. Dan went and found and you know, basically came down to, this is the one that people buy, so that's the one we're going to get. And he went and bought it without talking to me about it for my birthday present, which is a good thing, because th I felt like that was the present he gave to me. He made the choice and <laughs> 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 took that off of my shoulders. But what an SLR is, it's called Single Lens Reflex, and what it means is the way you see the image in the viewfinder, which is like the eyepiece that you look through. In the SLR, you see the actual image that is going to be photographed and they show that to you through a series of mirrors and that's why the SLR cameras are bigger than the little point and shoot ones because they right. have all of this mirror stuff going on and so what used to be the downside to this and actually on my camera this is the case you don't get that live shot on the digital display like you do on point and shoot cameras where you can see what you're going to take the picture of oh really it's just black it doesn't show you anything and the reason for that is because they can't, when they show that on a point-and-shoot camera, there's actually a little computer chip in there that captures the image from the lens mm -hmm. and then sends it to the screen. Well, they don't have room in the SLR to have that chip and do all the mirror thing. But they said that newer, more expensive models are starting to come out with this, with the SLRs. And so, basically, the big difference is, it's just like a, I don't want to say it's a snotty thing, but it's like, you're going to see exactly the image that you're going to take a picture with in the SLR, whereas with a point-and-shoot, it's not necessarily exactly the image, and it's maybe a little blurrier because it's a digital image going onto that screen, but for most people, that's not really an issue. One of the other big differences is that DSLRs have a faster autofocus than point-and-shoot cameras. Oh, they don't have that, that, like, delay thing that happens. Right. They said that's because you need a special sensor in order to do the fast autofocus, and, you know, that just adds expensive, etc., so they, it kind of gets reserved for the more expensive cameras just because people don't want to pay for that. I mean, to be fair, I feel like that is getting better. And I feel like now with the newer camera, it's shorter. I mean, it's still there, but I'd say, you know, now we're at like half a second. So I guess yours has pretty much nothing. Like, it's just like you're using a film camera. Right, exactly. You, you press it and it goes. That's true. Yeah, that is kind of annoying. Because sometimes you miss the picture. Right, or it gets blurry then, or whatever. Yeah. So other differences are that SLRs have interchangeable lenses, so you can get wide-angle lenses or whatever, so you can do special landscape photography or whatever and some of the compact cameras are starting to get add-on lenses and I think our Kodak actually had the ability to do this so you can screw in a lens and they say that these basically mimic the wide angle or whatever it's not the same thing as doing the SLR but again it's it gives you some options yeah to kind of go somewhere in the middle another big difference is the electronic image sensor that actually captures the image is about six times larger in a DSLR than they are in compact cameras, in even high-end compact cameras, which means that you just get a better image quality. And it has to do with like the brightness of the photo and the depth of the photo. That's part of what makes it so that you can blur the background and get the sharp foreground picture. Yeah. 
But the thing I thought was interesting was they said only the really, really expensive SLRs, like professionals use, make the image sensor as large as a 35 millimeter film is. So that means that still using 35 millimeter film is still a sharper image image than even the digital SLRs, unless you get like the professional version. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I believe it though. I mean, we had digital pictures taken in our wedding, and that was like a big issue. (laughs) Because of that, there are definitely some pictures that are not as sharp as they would have been with a regular camera. But we had those pictures taken in Florida all three sisters and husbands and kids and all that with our grandparents all went down to Florida. Mom wanted a picture of all of us together. So for her birthday, we got a photographer to come and she had a digital camera. And I feel like those pictures were up to snuff with film, but I'm sure that was a really expensive camera. Well, you know, I think that her camera was somewhere between my camera and the one, the woman that came to the house and took the picture of the babies. She had a $10,000 camera. Oh my gosh. But the girl that took, the pictures of us in Florida didn't have a $10,000 camera. I would say hers probably more in the range of like one to $2,000. But those were some pretty neat pictures. Yeah, they were very good quality. Again, though, I would say, you know, a lot of that has to do with her, the person, you know, having all that experience and everything. We'll put her link. She's in Orlando. Her name is Samantha Yakel Photography. She did a good job. Yeah, I don't think I would ever use an SLR ever. You might be surprised because I think as the prices come down... Yeah, but it would never be in my diaper bag, which means, you know, like, I'm not going to take that to the side of the soccer field, I don't think. Well, that's fair. Okay, well, so there is this middle ground that's called a prosumer camera that they try to mimic SLR, the mirror technology, by they use that little electronic sensor to take the image digitally, and then they send that to the eyepiece. So you are seeing the actual image that will be displayed. It's just not as clear. And it also has a a slight, you know, probably a half-second delay. So if you're moving or whatever. Right. And they also have non-interchangeable lenses, just the static lens, just like the regular compact cameras do. But they offer some weird options. Like, some of them offer image stabilization. So, you know how our father, in particular, is always (laughs) taking blurry pictures because he's not real good about keeping the camera still? That this helps eliminate some of those problems. That's cool. And then another one I saw, the digital display. Like, it wasn't clear to me if it's connected by cable or if it's just completely detachable. But you can move it from its location on the camera so you can put the camera let's say below you and look at the screen above the camera do you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so you have to be directly behind the camera that's yeah. kind of cool that is kind of cool so there are some middle ground but see, those cameras aren't as big as the SLRs because they're not doing the actual SLR technology so hmm. you might use one of those yeah maybe I doubt it I don't see us buying a new camera anytime soon okay so the cost of the cameras is such this big question it's runs the gamut from nothing to 20 grand. You could really spend what you want to spend. And I feel like it's like buying a computer, that it's very hard to find comparable prices because they all have tiny different differences in the functionality of what it is that you want. And you also get weird deals with the cameras where um, you'll buy a camera and get a free printer. Or you'll buy a camera and you'll get 500 free prints on Kodak.com. Or they'll have the rebates or whatever. So my big suggestion is to look online definitely when you're looking for a new camera. And we bought ours off Amazon, which tends to have pretty decent prices. You bought yours off Amazon? We did. Wow. The other website I would suggest is bizrate.com. Do you use that? Sometimes. 
just for comparing prices. So you could just type in Canon Elf, and it'll say, at this store, you can buy it for $100. At this store, you can buy it for $132. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're pretty good. But I also would say that Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving, is probably a good time. Holiday sales. It's just like any electronics to wait for those kinds of things. But that being said, the digital SLRs tend to run between 500 and $1,000. And compact cameras are all way less than that like what do you think less than 300 well i mean they start i found one for 120 bucks a kodak that was six megapixels right six megapixels i mean you could probably go in for free off ebay that's three megapixels <laughs> yeah ours ours is um five and i think ours was like 250 maybe it seems like for 200 250 you can really get a good solid camera right and then once you buy that card, you know, there's no film. You're talking about minimal printing costs because you only print the pictures you want. I mean, I, it's definitely cheaper than film cameras were, I think, in the long run anyway. Yeah, I think so too because you ended up with so much wasted film and wasted prints. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about the cards a little bit. The storage cards, Sony has their own proprietary memory stick as usual. Yeah, go get Dan all riled up about Sony. Yeah. Well, see... Frank loves Sony, and I'm honestly very surprised we didn't end up with a Sony camera because everything else is Sony. But well, if you're staying in the so in the Sony family, then that's fine. Yeah. So generally, most of the cameras take SD cards or compact flash cards, mm-hmm. and they basically all cost the same. I was looking up prices on Amazon to get a two gigabyte SD card or a two gigabyte compact flash card runs between really like 10 and $40 and the difference in price has to do with if you get a super fast one because SanDisk has SanDisk makes SD cards and they have three different levels they have their regular one an ultra and an extreme <laughs> I'm sorry ultra and extreme for storage cards <laughs> right <laughs> the ultra 2 and the extreme 3 <laughs> and then Kingston has just two levels, their normal one and the Elite Pro. And so the Ultra and the Extreme and the Elite Pro are all supposed to write the pictures faster to the SD cards. So that is like the time between pictures. If you wanted to take pictures like snap, 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 like on my camera, you can't do that. Right, yeah. We can kind of do that on our camera, kind of. Well, and I did want to talk about that a little bit. We have four gigabyte cards. Whoa. Which ends up storing a thousand pictures. More than that. And that's too big. Because what I found was as we started to get past that 50% full mark, there's all this lag between the picture taking. It's taking a long time to access the card. Oh. And when I plug the card into the computer, it takes forever to scroll through the pictures and to pull them off because... Well, I mean, that's because there's a zillion of them. Right. So my suggestion is to go with the two gigabyte and a max have two two gigabyte cards it's not like the price difference is really that much but it's a big fat pain to have to wait in between pictures like that yeah well and i have a a usb 1.0 port on my laptop which is where you do most of the picture stuff and the usb port being that you know that takes forever to unload those pictures especially if you start pushing that <laughs> we only have a gig card and we can hit 700 pictures right I mean, it is great, though, when you go on vacation, you, know, you just bring your card, you bring your little charger, and that's it. You don't have all this stuff to carry, and you don't have to worry about extra film, and you don't have to worry about forgetting things, and that is really nice. Right, but you never are going to take 700 pictures on a trip, either, so I don't think you even need a card that big. Probably unless you do, unless you do like, a three-week trip to, like, Italy or something, maybe. Right. Which I don't see us doing anytime soon. 
<laughs> oh, the other thing I want to mention with the cards is that as I was doing my research on Amazon, somebody had written a review on the SD Ultra 2 card <laughs> that said that they had a Kodak camera and they bought this Ultra card that, so that it would write their pictures faster. And there was no change in speed. So they contacted Kodak, and Kodak wrote them back and said, our cameras are designed to operate, write, and read SD cards at set voltage speeds. Therefore, there is no advantage to using faster memory in Kodak cameras. Huh. So, something to keep in mind. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's an old school pro- I mean, I would think that's a problem that's phasing out. But I guess as the cameras get higher resolution, it's going to take longer to write those pictures. They're bigger. It's more information. It's, it's not noticeable on our camera, the lag at all, no matter what situation we're in. Well, see, and I think that that's the interesting piece of this, that the card is a piece of the equation and your camera is mm-hmm. a piece of the equation. Yeah, you do need to think about that. There's no point spending a bunch of money on a card that's not going to get you anywhere. Right. Okay, well, yeah, I think st- the storage has gotten to the point where it's almost a non-issue. It's so inexpensive. Well, and the way to calculate how many pictures that you're going to be able to store on your card, it depends on how many megapixels the image is and the compression algorithm used by your camera. So there's no, like, direct math from megapixels. But basically, if you take a picture with your camera, and mine are generally around 3 meg, depending upon what you're taking the picture of. Mm -hmm. So you have 3 meg divided into 2 gig, and you get 600 pictures or whatever. And don't forget that 4 gigabit card is not actually 4 gigs. It's 3.85 gigs. That is such a scam. Yeah. Although they do it with everything, so. Yeah. Okay, so, now can we talk about the part I really actually enjoy? Yep. Okay, so, once you have all these pictures, there are all these fantastic... Shutterfly, Wink Flash... And Kodak Photo are like the three big ones I've used. I think I've also used Snapfish once or twice. But they're all kind of running different versions of the same thing. Shutterfly has this cool thing. You download their tool. You can upload your pictures. You can have them printed at Target and go pick them up in an hour, which is awesome. And they're all about $0.12 for a print. Plus, you know, and they all have deals when you sign up. You know, this one gives you 30 free pictures. This one gives you 20, whatever. So the prints are cheap, and like for Mother's Day, I'm very proud of the fact that we did this, but for Mother's Day, Kelly and I shared an account. We uploaded a bunch of pictures, and then together we put together a photo book that was $10, is that right? I think, yeah, about $12? I want to say it was like $5. For Oh, maybe it was. It was on sale or something. Yeah. For uh, it was it was smaller because we wanted to do something smaller, but you know you can go all the way up to coffee table books that are you know hard bound and everything, and that way we sent it to our parents and our grandparents, and so then they had pictures of all the kids, even though you know we're miles apart, all the kids you know in the same book and it's all bound and everything. And they got mugs and T-shirts and calendars and and it's really inexpensive and it's a really good. I feel like that is a great like grandparent gift, you know, especially you know stick this on your wall and. You don't have to spend a lot of money, and you can really do cool stuff with layout. And I think one of the coolest products you can buy, and we got one of these with that photographer who took the picture of the girls, but you can do it through the Kodak website, or there's millions of websites that do it. You can get the image put on a canvas, so it's like art to hang on your wall. Oh, that is cool. And it's really not that expensive. On Kodak, I want to say it's like 150 or $200 to do that. Which, I mean, it's not like that's cheap, but that's a lot less expensive than I would have thought. Oh, yeah, well, and I'd, ha- I'd have to look. I'm not sure how much it would cost going through, like, a studio, but they're outrageous, so I can't imagine. 
Especially if you went to like picture people or something. Yikes. Well, right, and you think about you go to Sears and you get the big the big pictures. Now they do the big pictures. Mm-hmm. They're really expensive. Yeah, They're like seventy five or a hundred dollars. So, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, so there's some really neat stuff you can do. Now, the only catch with all these guys I have found is that like the processing time and the shipping time can get you. I mean, it can take them a good two weeks. Unless you pay for the expedited, which is that's probably where they're making their money. Mm-hmm. Well, so especially for, like, Mother's Day or Christmas, like, if uh, we used Wink Flash, I think, for our cards last year because they had a deal where you could put, like, a photo on the front of an open-up card and then you could print text on the inside, and um, it was very reasonable. But, like, I want to say it was, like, 80 cents or a dollar a card. But it took them forever. <laughs> right. And they, I mean, they warn you about that, that it can take, like, you know, up to two weeks for printing and then up to a week or two for shipping. But, you know, that adds up. I mean, you're talking about a month. So right. <laughs> you, you have to like be caught, be like ahead on that. So I thought the Shutterfly thing with Target was pretty sweet. Actually, I think I'm going to do that this week because I'm going to Target anyway all the time. I've done that before too, but I don't think it was through Shutterfly. Well, I think they used to have their own. It seems like it's new. Well, but mine wasn't through Target. It was through Eckert's. Oh. And it was weird. Whoever I bought them through, it was my Christmas card, so it, that could have been anybody. But... um they printed them wherever, and then they mailed them to Eckert. And I guess they weren't really mailed. I guess they were put on a truck with a whole bunch of other stuff that was going to Eckert, which is why it's cost-effective to do that. Oh, So weird. I still had to wait a week to get them, but then I went and picked them up there, and I didn't have to pay shipping. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, it sounds like this is just, you know, they just target prints it wherever you're going to pick it up. Right, from there, right. And Walmart has a similar, Walmart has their own proprietary. It's a Walmart, you know, you go to Walmart, and they have their own photo tool, which does not look as polished as the others, but... It you know pick up your prints at Walmart in an hour. That's pretty cool. And the other one I found was Flickr. Have you ever looked on Flickr? Flickr's kind of a different flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, you can upload. I think it says unlimited, but I don't know if that really means unlimited. You can upload your pictures, and then you can you can automatically share with people, and they have groups that you can create, and you can you know have your own little group for your family, and they can log in and look at the pictures. And it's kind of got it's got a lot of it's more of a sharing gallery kind of feel than just going for the prints and stuff, which is more of Shutterfly's and Kodak's theme. But it's kind of neat because you can search all these pictures because it's all public, which is pretty cool. But, you, I mean, if you just do a Google search, you get a gazillion different companies that will come up that will do this. But those are, like, the big ones that I know a lot of people have used. And they're really, you know, they're fast, they're easy, they're cheap. They look great when you get them. I mean, I think it's definitely the way to go, but... That's for me. Now, Kelly believes in printers a little bit. Yeah. I mean, again, I think there's a use for everything. But (laughs) I am a scrapbooker, and I am a lazy scrapbooker and last minute about things. So my biggest (laughs) problem is I'll get invited to go to an all-night scrapbooking session, and I don't have any pictures, so I have to print them out. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about the three printers that I've had experience with. The first is the Kodak Printer Doc. And I think these are excellent. Is that what Dad has, too? That is what Dad has. And so they specifically work with the Kodak cameras. And you can also use other memory cards and just stick the memory card in. You do not need to have 
a computer attached to them, but you can. But the great thing about the Kodak printer dock is that they have a whole different way of printing where you buy this pack that has the photo paper and the photo ink and it's all in this one little pack together and after it prints the image it puts this clear plastic layer on top of the image to it makes it like more waterproof prevents smudging it's really an excellent quality photo which is why I like them a lot but I personally don't like them a lot to use without the Kodak camera. It's just so cool because the Kodak camera like sits in it, it charges the camera while it's sitting there. You can view the images on the camera screen and immediately print them on the dock. It's just like, got a really nice interface to work together. That is really cool. Because the smudging is what gets on my nerves with the printer. I feel like they, they just don't hold up as well. They're not as sturdy. Well, you definitely have to wait. I find they're fine but you have to wait minutes 10 minutes maybe to make sure that they're not damp make sure that they're completely dry which I guess happens in the photo lab also but you're not there to do the 10 minute wait you know right yeah um but they are claiming that their photos cost about 29 cents a piece when you print them through their dock based on how much you pay for ink and everything right for the whole stack now that only prints four by six photos the other printer I use, and this is the one I currently have and I really like, that also does 4x6 photos is the Epson PictureMate, and they actually now, that's an old version apparently, they now have one that's called the Deluxe PictureMate. It's not the Extreme PictureMate? <laughs> that's right. The Extreme 3. <laughs> I found one on Amazon for $75, which is really pretty reasonable, I think. They also quote $0.29 cents a picture, and you buy an ink cartridge and 100 sheets of photo paper together in a package. The other printer I use is this Canon 6210D. That came for free with our digital SLR, and it does 8.5 by 11 photos, which is why I like it, because at least I have the option to do the bigger pictures. But it's not as good, in my opinion, as the Epson is for doing the 4 by 6 photos, which is what I mainly print. But what I find with printing at home is that you have to recalibrate the printer heads like all the time. You need to clean them every time Ugh. you're going to use them. You need to run the little photo print thing that prints out the yellow bars and the red bars and the green bars and make sure that everything looks right. Because if you don't, then you get pictures that are a little bit too green heavy or a little too blue heavy. That's a big annoyance with them. Now, if they're clean and they're calibrated correctly, they're really beautiful pictures. The Epson is claiming that theirs last, I think they said two to four times as long as photo lab pictures do. Huh. Yeah. I don't know how you measure that. Which is interesting. Although, I would say I don't think, I don't think they know that much. Because our parents actually had their wedding pictures that they got done from a professional photographer are all like fading and stuff and it's because of the inks and things that they used at the time that they didn't know weren't going to last. I mean, I think they're getting more sophisticated at at least, like, trying to simulate what it's going to, you know, the conditions that the pictures are going to be under, but I, I agree. I don't think they really have any idea. Well, so, I think that the, that the photo printers are worth it if you want something, you need that instant gratification, which is really my thing. But they <laughs> yes, are yes, it is. temperamental. <laughs> yeah, it's a hassle. But it's a hassle to go to the store, so it's kind of like, what hassle do you want to mess with? Yeah, and it is, you do have to sit there and wait for things to upload and everything else if you're doing one of those websites. Right. I did want to mention, though, with, this, with the Epson, um, the one thing that I didn't learn until three cartridges into it <laughs> is that cleaning thing, that I didn't clean the printer heads, and I'd wait, you know, a month between printing photos, and then I'd go back to it, and I'd get these horrible-looking 
photos that looked like the printer cartridge was dying, so I'd throw it away. And I'd only printed, you know, a quarter of the amount of photos I could have with it. What a bummer. Right. And eventually, I think I might have read a review or something online. They're like, you got to clean the print heads all the time. So once I started doing that, that fixes that problem. So definitely do that if you have that printer. <laughs> okay, well, we were going to talk about long-term storage, but maybe we should make that its own thing. Yeah. It is a problem. It is a problem. I haven't come up with a good solution. We've got all our stuff on hard drives right now, and it's backed up and everything. But, you know, hard drives, like, do you just keep moving it forever? So, I don't know. We can talk about that later. Man, we covered a lot of ground. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Our theme song is Talk Nerdy to Me by Possible Oscar from the Podsafe Music Network. Dan and Dan provided technical support. Tracy did production for the podcast, and Kelly did all the editing. Please check us out at www.marriedtogeeks.com or send us an email at marriedtogeeks at gmail.com.